Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Dream Stream. I am your host, Yiska Cook, and I'm going to start this podcast with continuity from the last podcast. So I want to start by saying Susan Rosen and I spoke about Jeremy Taylor when we couldn't remember his yard site, which is the day of his death. And, uh, and I looked it up. It's January 3rd, 2018. So that is Jeremy Taylor's yard site. Um, and Joe Dispenza was, is the author of the book, You Are the Placebo. And I couldn't remember his name. Uh, another thing is that our friend Lee, who shared his Dungeons and Dragons uh, fantasy with us a couple of podcasts ago, um, he was telling me that in his game, he calls it his campaign, the husband of Olgar, who is the character that Lee plays, um, who is modeled after Army Hammer, who is the man that Lee had dreamed about, he died in their D&D game. So that was sad for Lee. <laughs> so, and then one more thing is um, Susan and I were talking about Rumi poems. Rumi is an amazing Sufi poet. And, uh, and we couldn't, neither of us could remember all the words, but we just knew that it made us feel really good, certain poems. So I want to read them to you now. So this was a poem I was, I was remembering, but not in full. It's called, Let the Beauty We Love. Today, like every other day, we wake up empty and frightened. Don't open the door to the study and begin reading. Take down a musical instrument. Let the beauty we love be what we do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. And then Susan also was trying to remember a poem that she was sharing with us all. She said, read the guest house by Rumi which I had not done before, and I did. And so this is that poem. And on my phone, the words were just too small. So I'm going to introduce our guest today, and he will read the Brumi poem for me, because, again, I couldn't see the words very clearly. So our guest today is a man named David M. Green, G-R-E-E-N-E, from Woodstock, New York. And he has a Facebook page, if anyone wants to see it. He's going to share some of his own poetry with us because he is a very prolific poet. So, so welcome, David. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. Yes. So if you don't mind leading us into this conversation by reading Rumi's The Guest House, because that's very significant. Well, since I'm such a lover of Rumi, it's my pleasure. Awesome. So here it is. 
And then after you share this roomy poem, I have one more thing that I need to follow up with. And then I am really looking forward to hearing some of your poetry, David, because your poetry is very inspiring, very much demarks the spiritual path. And I want to share that with our listeners. Well, thank you for your kind words. And this is the roomy poem that we've been talking about. This being, human, is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing, at, clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Wow, that's so powerful. And that brings me to the last piece of follow-up that I wanted to share. So I was talking about a political figure that I have a lot of disdain for. And I also realize that I'm going to need to love this person but I definitely don't want to. And uh, Susan Rosen had suggested this could be a shadow for me. And um, this is, it's really hard for me to see this person as anything to do with me. But I, I think that I do see more of how he is my shadow because I had said something in the last podcast like, if I'm able to live, love this person, the world can thank me. Well, there you go. There you go. I hope you caught that when I said it. It's That's very narcissistic. So that's my connection with the orange one. So I, I guess I also can be a bit narcissistic and I want to keep that in check. So thank you, Susan, for suggesting that I may have some of the same qualities. And thank you, Rumi, and thank you, David, for reading the Rumi poem about the guest house. Okay, that was it. So that's the end of my follow-up. So it's great to have you here, as I said earlier. Well, it's wonderful to be here, as I said earlier. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, do you want to please tell us a little bit about uh, your poetry and, and what it means to you and, and how you are sharing it with the world. So, I suppose one of the main reasons I write uh, poetry is to remember and remind myself what it is that I'm looking to focus on each day, to remember each day. Yes. So as to be in my highest self. Yes. And I think you said you wrote a poem this morning. Is that right? Actually, I did. Uh, I never know when uh, I'm going to be in the mood to write a poem. Sometimes it's often. Sometimes it's several days in between. It's all good. Yes. 
Um, yes, but I did write something this morning. Would you please share that with us? Thank you. That would be uh, be delighted to do that. Wonderful. So this is what came to me this beautiful early summer morn. There's a difference between seeking sacred presence and wanting for happiness. Hmm. Letting go is meant to be, oh, sorry. Letting go what is meant to be, along with lessons we have come here to learn, shall naturally, organically unfold. Then, whether sometimes happy and others sad, always there can be a sense of deeply satisfying fulfillment and purpose indeed. Dear friends, know with each conscious breath taken, you and I are steadily moving one step at a time, ever closer to fully embodying the peace we are and always have truly been. The first step of a thousand mile journey is the pricelessly precious step of self-compassion divine. Without pushing thoughts away, noticing arisings in the mind, one is empowered to release old tendencies and habitual thinking now serving us no more. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. So you are a meditator and a teacher, <laughs> I see. <laughs> so we were talking prior to this podcast about a great many things. And uh, you had said something about psychology and spirituality that I thought was really apropos to bring to this podcast. My original co-host, Dr. Carla Mazio, also lamented the fact that spirituality and psychology are sometimes, you know, devoid of the other. And she feels that the combination is what we need for our own healing. So can we pick up that conversation again? Well, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, Jessica, I, I resonate with that idea that um, I've done about 30, 30 years of psychoanalysis and have been meditating for 45 years. Wow. So... For me, the combination was very, very helpful. There's still a long ways to go. It is a journey. However, I'm very, very grateful to have these two modalities um, bringing healing and more light into my life. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and um, Mo, you were talking also about your dream life which of course is fascinating to me. But, um, and I'm hoping that we can work a dream of yours at some point, if you're okay with that. Mm -hmm. Dreamer's choice, as my teacher Jeremy Taylor used to say. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's the problem. I, so you started meditating, what, you said 15 years before you started psychoanalysis? Well, not really. Um... 
I started meditating at around the age of 20 and then began psychoanalysis at 25. Okay, oh, five years. And there was, I was experiencing uh, what you would call, what I would call a life crisis at the age of 25, just really feeling lost. So I just looked for anything that could help me cultivate some sanity and peace in my life. After 30 years of, of counseling, until I was around 55, I felt like that had been adequately explored and brought to closure, and now I'm comfortable uh, just with my spiritual practice, okay. which is primarily meditation. Yes, yes. So um, it was, uh, you feel like you've burned off the old and, and ready to move into your future? Is that uh, uh, accurate? Well, have I burned all my seeds? No, I haven't. And, uh, you know, I, I write extensively. Yes. I've written four books, uh, soon to be published. Awesome. And they're all on my Facebook page. But I'm very, very careful to be honest with with friends and readers that uh, there is still a great deal of inner work yes. to be done. Yes. So I have not by any means... Um, transcended all of my fears, insecurities, and anxieties. But the joy in my life yes. is that, yes, there is progress being made. Yes, yes, wonderful. <laughs> right? We have to let in the darker forces into our guest house, too, because and just watch them. You had talked about, we were talking about meditation earlier, and I think you were saying, just notice, just noticing when... One has a feeling you said there were two prongs to meditation that you really promote. Can you share that with us? Well, uh, to take a rather complex topic that's volumes and volumes have been written about. Right. Um, the, the, the two prongs that Jessica Yiska is pointing to. Um, I, I, I was a home builder. Mm. Um, I'm retired now. I'm 67. Um, was a home builder. So I think in those terms. And the foundation of spiritual life, cultivating uh, peace, ever-increasing amounts of peace in our life, ever-increasing a capacity to embody joy in our life, the two prongs, the two key cornerstones of that practice, the place to begin is self-compassion and forgiveness. So the first is self-compassion. So are we forgiving, we're forgiving ourselves or is that fall under self-compassion? Uh, absolutely, and I, I intentionally me mentioned self-compassion first. Yes. <laughs> because really to forgive others begins with forgiving, forgiving myself. Forgiving oneself. Yes. Yeah, and this really brings to light part of why my hatred might be so strong for a person that I will not name. Um, it might be because 
I I also was taken advantage of by a huckster, you know, by a scam artist. So I, I guess I'm also mad at myself that I could be so foolish as to be taken advantage of by a huckster. And then I see the president. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm alluding to. So I see, you know, do you, are you political, David? Can we talk about politics for a minute? Sure. I'll talk about my life's an open book. Okay. I'll talk about anything <laughs> you want. So <clears throat> did you see the Democratic debate last night? I don't I don't follow politics. Okay, okay. Personally, I get I get bits bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh about politics from friends, but uh I do not Oh you're smart. Don't follow it. <laughs> oh you're very smart. But I've read many spiritual books and studied with many spiritual yes. teachers because I believe spirituality is a political action. Okay, yes. The world's changing one person at a time. Yes. Well then you'll love Marianne Williamson in last night's debate. She was amazing. I was like, you know, if I wasn't such a Bernie supporter, I I might really like her just, uh, you know, just uh, as a trickster move. I might vote if I was a Democrat, which I'm not. I might vote for her in the primary. <laughs> but well, I love Marianne Williamson. She's amazing. I, there's nothing not to love about I know. Marianne Williamson. She was really good in last night's wow, debate. Wow, she was really, really good. good. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, that, well, I'm sure. That is a political event I would like to have seen. I'm sure there will be many links to snippets of Marianne's answers on YouTube or wherever today. So I, I really encourage you to watch that. I really love her. I mean, in the first debate, I was kind of like, well, you know, I, I love her spiritual teachings, but I kind of didn't understand why she had kind of put herself into this group of people. And, um, but last night I was like, yes, okay. She's wanting to focus our, our minds on really significant uh, meaning in the world and you know, she wants us to have a spiritual outlook in our politics. And I thought, wow, I, I love it. I love that. I, I'm very, very happy that uh, she's running. Yes. Uh, because she's bringing those kind of questions and thoughts Absolutely. into the mainstream. And to me, that is, is truly wonderful. Yes. Yeah, I agree. She's injecting the primary into matters that many of the other politicians haven't shed any light on or haven't even thought about, perhaps. You know, she's she's great. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I love Bernie. I love Bernie Sanders. I just think he's so tried and true. You know, he's been saying the same message for decades and decades you know he's he's uh he's a good guy he's one of the good guys so i love bernie and but again i'm not a registered dem so i can't vote in the primary and i will you know i'll, I'll support whoever the dems ultimately decide on because i think we we owe our world so much more than this bs to like take away clean air and clean water uh 
regulations, that's, that's not okay. That's not okay. Trying to poison your people, we don't want that. So I guess we don't want you in a place of power. So not you, David, the greater you, the, the guy in the house. <sighs> but um, yeah, do you, are you a Democrat? May I ask you that? You don't have to answer. Um, you know, I tend to be liberally minded, um, very interested in candidates that support the environment. Yes. Um, but, you know, I would, I would vote for whoever I feel is the best candidate. Yes. Generally speaking, I have found Democrats, and they're not angels, nope. but uh, they tend to be more interested in the 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 general um, middle class people yes. rather than favoring laws towards the wealthy. Yes, yes, tax cuts for the wealthy. You know, everything for the wealthy. Give give me a break. How does that help the citizens no, of this country? That doesn't help at all. No, it does not. No, no such thing as trickle down in in this greedy culture. You know, people are just buying their stock buybacks not trickling down to their employees well for me for me in the in the philosophy and the life i'm pursuing i seek with every person i meet to find a common ground mm. and we all do come from the same source and i try my best to emphasize to bring out the good in people rather than emphasize what i don't like about them okay mhm mm yeah. Great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so so I try that and I I'm not perfect at it. Um but Oh, how would I sum it up in a sentence? I would say anybody walking up, uh this is to quote Jack Cornfield. Okay. Um Buddhist teacher. A, a Buddhist teacher. Anybody walking a path with a heart is walking the same path as me. Oh. But, yeah, okay. That's so interesting. Inclusive. That's so inclusive. Yeah, and for those folks who are not walking a path with a heart, they're not on the same path as me. Right. But who they are, the essence of who they are, is no different than the essence of who I am. Yes. Yes. Right. We're not all that different from each other. Exactly. I think that's why in all the Hollywood films, it's not until the aliens attack the Earth that all the people get together. <laughs> Despite our political differences, humans versus, you know, aliens. I don't know. Yeah, and, and in terms of people that are not showing respect for the environment, not showing respect for uh, working class people and, and more fair distribution of wealth, yes. um, people who are wrongly thinking and creating suffering, that... Really, how are those of us who are walking a path with a heart, how are we best going to reach those people? And what, what seems quite clear mm. to me is the more compassion I have and the more I listen 
and just say, I may not agree with what you're saying, but I honor your point of view. Yes. The more respect I give to every human being, yes. the more chance there is that I can plant a seed in another's heart of yes. another way yes. of looking at things. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel similarly with uh, my friends who are Trump supporters. You know, I, I also have friends who said, if you like Trump, unfriend me. You know, I've had the radical people. And I, but I feel like you don't have to give me the same talking points that most of the people in my life who feel the same as I do give me. I'm, I appreciate having debate about certain issues. So um, I feel that way about my friends who might have different politics than me. It's just harder to feel about the actual political leader leaders it's not easy no and uh i'm actually uh, i've been put into that situation because a friend of mine who was he's one of my very closest friends for about 40 years and he was quite liberal um, um as he got older i'm in my 60s and my friend is also the same age as yes. me he's become very conservative I, mm, I don't, mm. you know, I, I, it was astounding to me, but okay. this is what happened. And I decided not to let his politics um, come between us. Wonderful. Because we both still love nature. Yeah. We both still are very interested in a number of things in yes. common. And, um, uh, I uh, basically have decided not to let our different political views come between us. Very good. Very good. There's so much division in our country right now. You know, I think the problem and whatever, just I'll diagnose the problem <laughs> is our two party system. I mean, it's not too difficult to diagnose that that creates division. So I think we need to open up the presidential field for other other people who uh, might not fit into one of those, you know, duopolies, but perhaps they have something else to offer. I, I thought last election in 2016, I felt like, oh, no, Trump should not be the Republican nominee because he's outside of that, that Republican uh, worldview, whatever. He used to be a liberal, too, I think. And um, similarly, I was thinking, and Bernie shouldn't be the Democratic nominee because he's, uh, uh, you know, independent. So I felt like, all right, that's four. We should have then four. So Jeb Bush could be the standard bearer for the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. And Trump would run on a different ticket. And, you know, Hillary, if she was chosen by the Dems, and then Bernie can run on a different ticket. I just think we need to widen the field. I, I think yeah. this is a great idea, Jessica. Yeah. It's uh, uh, wonderful. And if we're really going to dream for a minute or two here about what the world could be like yes. someday, yes. and I believe anything we dream can at some point in time, at God's chosen hour, come to be. Yes. Um, why not have people running based on their principles rather Seriously. than their political party? Right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, because that will just make it better. If there's 
you know, you don't want to choose a third party if it's going to only take the votes of one of the parties, because then you're guaranteeing the other person will win. But um, but if there's third party on both ends, you know, libertarian possibly, or, you know, um, a lib, you know, I mean, Dems say they're all liberal, but well, maybe progressive, a progressive candidate. And then, you know, the liberal Dem or whatever. I just feel like then we yes, can... but but I'm I'm pointing to something, and I'm not asking you, Jessica, okay. to necessarily agree with me. Okay. Um, but I'm pointing to something that's even beyond being a member of a party. Okay. Uh, just being, I'm, I'm of the Ubid party. Yes. You know, and yes. I promote world peace. I re, I promote uh, uh, respecting our environment. I promote. Yes. Uh, uh, more fair distribution of wealth. Yes. I promote good working conditions. I promote um, creating programs that encourage people to have one or two children uh, rather than right. continuing overpopulation. Yes. And why not? You know, so really what I'm pointing to is beyond a political party system. It's going to be a little Wonderful. while before we're at that level. Yeah. But but I, I'm a dreamer. And yes. I'm I, I I think dreaming is a beautiful thing. I keep my two feet on the ground, uh, working with reality as it is now. Yes. But I I have my dreams, and this this would be yes. one that 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 were guided by uh, 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 political leaders that are of this higher consciousness. Oh, I at would some love point. that. In the not too distant future. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I hope that will be. Yeah, yeah. So, um, can you you're you are a wonderful poet, as I've mentioned. And I was hoping this podcast could be just filled with poetry. And I would love to share a poem also, David. Well, please do. Okay. All right. I'll do that right now. This is from a dream. And that's something I want to say, too, is in one of my dream groups that I was a member of for over 20 years, uh, Dr. Stephen Larson would take the last 10 minutes of the group to write a spontaneous poem and then go around in the circle of us reading the poem. Or you can choose not to if you'd rather not. And it could be about the dreams we just unpacked uh, in that group, or it could be about your morning drive, or it could be about anything, anything. So if it's about the dream, it's kind of a furtherance of dream work, which is a great gift. So I just wanted to say that there because I feel like poetry and dream work really emerge from the same well of the unconscious mind and more spiritual. And um, I just think it's wonderful to get into the practice of writing poetry from our dreams. If that's your, you know, creativity, maybe it's dancing your dream. We've done that in dream groups too. We've done, you know, uh, visual art with pastels and with uh, colored pencils. And there's so many ways that you can interpret your dream or, or further your dream work creatively. And I really, really love that part of it. It's bringing it into our our waking lives. Mm, beautiful. So this poem is called Breath by Iska Cook. 
sitting on the earth in a circle of musicians, mountains of colored clay crumble into sand. I am holding and playing my clay ocarina, and the melody is mournful and familiar. Woman of clay and wind, creased and crumbling, a willing companion until the end of days. Another is remarking that my clay ocarina must feel honored. It's been sitting on the altar all these years. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Oh, Oh, thank you, David. That means a lot to me. There was uh, just just a backtrack for a moment. There was just one very brief thought I wanted to share since since Jeska brought up politics and people having different points of view to to let to let you folks, my friends out there in cyberspace in in understanding me a little bit better. Um, firstly, I'd like to preempt by saying, these are just my thoughts. I'm not in any way um, uh, attached to what other people should think or shouldn't think. Yes. Or in any way saying that I'm right. Uh, it's just, I just love to share my point of view, which is always changing. So with that said, I am very, very careful. I will have a talk with another person about politics. And if somebody is of uh, different political views than me, I'm happy to have a talk. I think it can be very interesting. And when two people feel they're being listened to and and, and my friend feels he's being, he or she feels they're being listened to, it can be a very deep spiritual connection. Uh, between a meeting of minds, or not necessarily a meeting of minds, but a sharing of minds. Yes. So with that said, my point is really this. What, I, what, I, what I'm very careful about is not to argue with another. Yes. There, I see nothing ever constructive about argument. So as long as the conversation can be reasonably calm it doesn't have to be perfectly calm and there's a listening and i'm interested in hearing what you have to say uh i honor your point of view even if i feel differently yes and i will consider what you've said and this is my point of view and uh, and i'm feeling like you're respecting me as well so when the conversations on that level it's very constructive as soon as it goes to argument whether it's about politics or two friends or two lovers having a, a a falling out when it can be talked about any disagreements can be talked about hurts uh, can be talked about in a in a calm way it's very constructive when it turns to arguing what I what I do is turn to my friend and say, let's take this down a few decibels, and if we can, great. If we can't, let's talk about this another time. Yes, so wise. So wise. Yes. Well, thank you. 
uh, one of my therapists uh, said to me, he said, anger, it, it, when we allow ourselves to become angry, and I'm not saying I never become angry. Ah, I, uh, ah, <laughs> I, ah, I, I'm working with that. Yes. As we all are. But yes. but when when uh, it, it, what he said was anger blows a hole in our aura. Oh. And I found I just remember that because who wants to, I don't want to blow a hole in my aura or anybody I'm, else's. Neither do I. <laughs> uh -huh. So I I try my best and it's it's a it's it's in process. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's a work in process. Yeah. Well, would you honor us with another poem? Well, I would be honored to honor us with another <laughs> wonderful poem. I, I often I, I also call these writings of mine reflections. Um but yes, poems I try to put a flow to it. Okay. Sometimes prose when I'm right. get a little more philosophical. Yes. Uh, let's see, which one's coming to me here? Oh, here's one that I'd like to share because it's one of my happy poems. Okay. Don't always write about happiness. A lot of what I write about is how to navigate the stormy seas of sadness and loss when those those waves come upon us yes, but this one's a yes. happy one so let me share this one yes, today please. i'm actually feeling very happy today oh great i think yiska's brought a smile to my face uh -huh, today. I love thank it. you for that yes <laughs> you know the buddha if i could just sidetrack for yeah, one please, moment please it's do. only one or two sentences one of the things the buddha said is uh, a spirit uh, um friendship is everything in spiritual life now for a human being a Hi. man a person to make a statement like that friendship is everything yeah. in spiritual life i mean here is a person who wrote eighty-four thousand teachings wow and yet it seems to me from that statement he put that on the very top of his list wow. so anyway yiska thank you for bringing a smile to my heart today with that said, uh, this is very short. It's only uh, a minute or so. Upon wings, rising on winds of wonder, joyfully spirit soars into the boundless blue beyond of an eternal peace all-knowing. Here and here alone, there is no me and you, only us triumphantly, filled with hearts of overflowing compassion, divine, guiding each other home. Oh, I really love your poetry. It's so instructive for a spiritual life. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that's an interesting word you chose, instructive. Uh, oh, okay. You know, uh, posting on Facebook, there are some people who've come to enjoy my writings. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, as I said, the main reason I write uh, Yiska is, is, is one of the main reasons is to remind myself of what I'm seeking to remember. But of course, to share as, as others, other spiritual guides have shared with me uh, um, truths that can help us to 
embody more peace. Yes. Uh, so just passing on things I've learned from yes. others yes. and, and being of service, being of service to to other people is also a big reason I write. I love so, that. So thank you. So with that said, I see, I, I see the world that I'm envisioning is a world where there are no followers. There are no leaders. Wow. I don't see myself as a teacher, as a leader. I, I see us as a circle of friends all guiding each other home. Yes. That reminds me of a Jewish prayer, which I don't know it in the Hebrew, but in English, don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Just walk beside me and be my friend. Together we will walk in the ways of Hashem. And Hashem means God. Yes, I know. No, I know you know. I know. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot we're on. Right here. <laughs> I yeah. feel so at home just sitting here chatting with you. I know. I'll have to have you on the podcast regularly. This By is the way, awesome. I've never done this before. It's really you're doing it really well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. I'd like to share another poem, please, if I may. Please, please. Uh, this poem is called June Fourth, and then actually, it's quite interesting because then I wrote a second poem called June Fourth. I don't know why it seems like that time of year it's more prolific for my writing, but um, this is the first poem called June June Fourth. This young pine tree makes a cross in the earth, crowned and enshrined with new shoots and maidenhair ferns, like a three-tiered cake with burning sparklers on a frosted bed of green. Everywhere is sacred. This wide, mossy rock, a thick-staffed turkey feather turned toward the mud, one wonders... What have I overlooked? One says, thank you. Mm, wow. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like uh, it's wonderful to share your wisdom with the wider world. Thank you for this, David. And, um, and I mean, this can be short and sweet podcast, but... I definitely want to hear more of your poetry before we end. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit more well, with us. Well, as I said, uh, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you for, yes, for yes. asking. I'm just flipping through my Facebook page. Uh, all this is going into a book soon to be published. It'll be yes. an ebook. Awesome. Available online for free. Wow, I love and uh, the name of the book's going to be Walking in Spirit. Beautiful. Well, here's a short one. It's kind of short and sweet. And I was mentioning to you folks, our friends out there, that that the philosophy of meditation, the philosophy of promoting and embodying ever-increasing amounts of peace and joy in our life, <clears throat> as many of us are coming to understand, 
is about accepting everything that arises. Yeah. And staying calm in the midst of whatever's arising. Yes. Being the witness of what's arising. And that goes for sa sadness and happiness. Because if I attach to happiness, right. then uh, firstly, it's not going to last forever. Right. Secondly, then what happens when sadness arises? Then I'm going to be pushing that away. And yes. it's a constant push and pull. It's a constant anxiety and tension and trying to forcefully manipulate my life into being the way I want it to be rather than flowing with the way it is. Right. So with that said, right. this, this poem, this reflection came from that. Yes, dear friends, sadness released does open wide the heart's holy window of peace. Then, radiantly, a golden light surely shines in, healing our sacred spirit one more time again. Beautiful. Thank you. One more time again. It's always that, right? We it's always, always that. We always have to heal. We always... Yes, <laughs> I think as long as we're here on this earth and I think so. having a human <gasps> incarnation, yes. there, will, there will always be the ebbs and flows of life. Yeah, That's the journey. That's the journey. Wow, thank you, David. I'm so glad to meet you and share this philosophical conversation with you. Me too. And and it's interesting because Jessica and I, uh, we, we came upon each other on Facebook and uh, actually just met face to face for the first time today. And I feel like I've known you for a very long time. I know. <laughs> Let the coffee date begin. Yeah, this is our coffee date. <laughs> I love it. I would like to share one more poem. Oh, please. please. I, 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 before Jessica shares this, maybe sometime when the time is right, there'll be a video along with yes. this voice uh, casting. Because sitting here and watching Jessica, when she, when she recites, all from memory, I'm reading. I don't have the memory Jessica has, mm. Jessica has. But uh, Jessica, as she's reciting from memory her beautiful, beautiful poems, um, her hands are moving and flowing <laughs> like a river. Her jazz, eyes jazz are hands. so expressive. Her whole, her shoulders, her whole uh, body is moving to the waves of her poetry. So I'm getting to enjoy that. Use your imagination because it is happening as Jessica <laughs> So One day we'll add some video recites. to this audio. Thank you, David. All right. So I hope I can remember this one because I wrote it some years ago. As people on the podcast, as our listeners on the podcast likely know, my mom died in 1995 when I was 25. And um, that's been a huge hole in my, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it's been a hole. It's been a wound that has healed and, and needs to continuously heal. Right. Okay. So um, this was a poem I wrote for her at her passing. It's called Celestial Imagination. Okay. I know Avraham as my father, shooting hoops and praising the Most High God, 
when the ball swooshes through the net. And surely my mother's spirit is from the beginning of the universe. Why, when Hashem first said to the angels, let us create humanity a river of reflection, her smooth voice was heard. Shema, listen, we are all students of the spoken secrets and deliberations, but Shoshana was special because she is a true teacher. You may have seen her sipping white wine and smiling supportively, but I knew her as a matrix of light, housing rays of Godshine, immortal soul, beginning time. What is there to say about new beginnings and older dreams that did not quite come true? These moments of not knowing next from never remind me to remind you every fresh idea is worth cultivating. This is true. Devorah, seer, in mountains of sagebrush, down a cobbled walkway, a spirit in the place heaven meets. She says this is why the skybirds come to me, to remind me I am free. I know she is, my sister and sparkling, bright and strong from your heart to your mind. I say you are free on earth to heal. My brother left while more and more soldiers fled across the threshold of death. We tried everything to heal, they proclaimed. Shark's cartilage, positive thinking on the merit of prayer and strong motivation, mindfulness, denial, willingness for no will, refusal, and at last surrender. Was he King David? His features look the part. And talk about charisma. Why, I saw shining fire all around him, in and out of rain. In verse, the psalmist wrote, Have faith and trust the cosmic forces will purify you. Believe in your own story. Close observation of life reveals great miracles. Wow. Well, I wish I had a memory like ah, that. <laughs> I always That's say, because I used to write poetry when I would take hikes, when I used to be able to hike, and I wouldn't have a paper or pen with me. So I would have to keep saying it again and again and again and again as I'm walking to the rhythm of my walking and breath. And, um, and then I just remembered then i just would remember so that i could then well, write it down when i got that's home that's interesting yeah well now with the with the cell phone always on right. my side yeah right as soon as a lofty thought comes right. to me i just i just grab my phone and jot it down before i forget it and then there's no <laughs> need the to problem remember. of cell phones <laughs> <laughs> probably hasn't helped my memory yet oh, <laughs> I mean, it definitely hasn't helped my memory with people's phone numbers <laughs> why do i have to remember phone numbers anymore it's you know in my context yeah yeah, so can you leave us with some words of wisdom, David M. Green? Oh, I'm just, uh, my heart is overflowing with gratitude. Uh, it's, 
It's just so wonderful to be doing this podcast and to feel like even if there's one, one or two people that have that I've uh, just Jessica and I have brought a smile to and shared a smile with, I'm just very very grateful and thank you all very very much. Yeah, thank you so much, David. So, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I enjoyed sitting here with David. He's he's quite wise, as I keep saying. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass you, but just I appreciate your perspective very much. And um, so, again, dreamers, I hope you enjoyed. And until we meet again. <laughs>